the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen to the line at the the program online at the website, dipetro.com. Well, today is Thursday. It is October 22nd. It is uh, Last night was a big night. Today is a big night. Tonight is also a big night. And as we kick off things on this Thursday, this portion of the show, folks, what a perfect day. It's beautiful out. It's going to be mild. Nice weather over the next couple of days. Nice protesting weather. Nice riding weather, if you will. Um, but take a ride to Rhode Island's number one garden center, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Happy anniversary to Debbie and Steve, folks. Family business, Rhode Island's number one garden center. They are just so fantastic. Take the ride. Forget about those big box stores. I would never shop local PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. 3688 Quaker Lane, North Kingstown, right off of Route 4. Look for them on Facebook. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Sugar pumpkins, carving pumpkins. They have beautiful fall arrangements in crafts, cornstalks, straw. It's so festive. They put so much time and effort into what they give in. And once you go there, you won't go anywhere else. I haven't been to a big box store. Forget about it. Nope. I shop at PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. And also their website is prmaterials.shop. Well, presidential debate, the final one. It's only the second one. The final one is tonight. I wish there was a third. I think the Trump campaign could use a third. Um, The president had that first debate. The president then, that was not his best performance. They were looking forward to a better performance. And instead he came down with COVID and has kind of been off to the races ever since. I don't have a handle on the race. I know tonight. President Trump needs a strong showing. I know the Trump faithful folks, you, everyone want, you want to vote. I want to vote. Nothing's changing my mind. Nothing could change my mind, much like you. However, you can't ignore that if there are independent voters in the battleground states and, you know, they need to be nudged along, I think a a strong performance tonight would certainly go a long way. So that's what we're going to hope for. Now, last night, if you have not seen the video, two things I want to draw your attention to the website, dipetro.com. Remember, dipetro.com is brought to you by Just Angels, gifts from the heart, beautiful custom religious items, justangelsonline.com. Now, what's there? Couple things. Number one, the police video that was released yesterday. I break it down frame by frame. You can decide for yourself based on that angle, the information we have, whether or not the police cruiser struck the scooter what seems to be you can make up your own mind but if you look at that frame by frame it doesn't look like the protesters and others were saying that the police cruiser rammed the scooter being driven by jamal gonzalez from the back and basically like projected him rammed him into at a high speed into the wall Now, if you watch the video and the way I break down the frame by frame, it doesn't look like that happened. It doesn't look like that happened. More video could come. I think one of the best analogies, our friend uh, Sal, who said it's almost kind of like sometimes watching a football game and they say, no, 
uh, it looks like he was out of bounds, right, right in the end zone. And then they have another angle, and they say, well, wait a minute. No, look at this. He had it both feet down. All right, from the angle. So the angle the protesters were flooding to social media on Sunday and Monday where it looked like the cruiser rammed him from behind and projected him into the wall. When you watch the video in the frame by frame, I think you're going to see something different. And that is what I am being told kind of off the record in a way, but um, is if you look at it, it kind of lines up with, it would seem no one had mentioned there was a red car parked, And as the uh, Jamal Gonzalez is trying to take the corner, he had to factor that in this red car that just was parked there. Somebody just parked it there legally and he's taking the corner in what, what seemingly happens seemingly is the cruiser, hits the stop sign, goes up onto the curb, hits the stop sign. So maybe the officer lost control of the vehicle. And it was the stop sign that came down in like rapid succession, like boom, like a domino, and then struck uh, Jamal Gonzalez in the head, which has caused him, you think those stop signs are heavy and they're made of steel. And that's what really caused his head injury. Um. Uh, there's still other questions there. You can see also the video on how the two seem to first interact a little bit. So you can see that as well. I have it on the other thing I have on the website. If those of you that don't have Facebook, you kind of, maybe you thought you missed out, but I do have video of last night. Once again, I was out on the streets night, uh, night two uh, regarding the protest. This time they went to Cranston. Something, folks, something very dramatic happened last night. And I want to commend, I'm, I'm originally from Cranston. I grew up in the Edgewood area. I know that area very well. This was on Elmwood Avenue, right as they were trying, they were in and around Providence and doing their thing. There's about 50 to 60 of them. Plus then they have the ones on the bikes, meaning the uh, motorcycles and so forth, the dirt bikes, because they support uh, Jamal Gonzalez. So the protesters are go to the, the crash site, which is at Elmwood Avenue. And it's if you know the area, it's right near the intersection of Elmwood Avenue and Park Avenue. And that's where St. Matthew's Church is, is right there. And so as they are trying to make their way up there, Cranston Police, and I want to commend the Cranston Police. We are going to talk to Mayor Fung coming up. Cranston Police formed a wall, and Cranston Police laid down the gauntlet, and Cranston Police said, you, you're, you're in Providence, and you're, you're not coming to Cranston. Hey, Antifa. Hey, protesters. Hey, defund the police. Hey, anarchist. Whoever you are with their chanting and screaming about the police and everything else you you are not coming then they said no you're not coming in look at the two different styles alorza lost they're walking all over him he's the mayor of chaos the mayor of chaos city right now mayor fung absolutely not guess what antifa you're not coming to cranston he protesters guess what you have the entire capital city you can protest in i'll tell you where you're not going to protest you're not coming into cranston no, you're not. You're just here to cause trouble. Stop them in their tracks. They started throwing bottles. Folks, something last night that the media is not covering. I saw on someone was telling me on Channel 10 or 12, they were saying uh, police were called. They were shooting um, uh, tear gas and pepper spray at the protesters. Excuse me. How about the context that this was 10 past even 11 o'clock last night? No, the, the quote protesters were throwing bottles, rocks, and fireworks, explosives at the police, which is why blocking traffic, which is why the police then started using pepper spray 
to disperse the crowd because that's the seems to be the only thing right now that is non-lethal that they understand but i was there last night it was very violent uh, at one point then it was cranston police providence police and rhode island state police all working together as a unit as a team and folks last night the good guys won they battled back the protesters they made them disperse they got them out of there they're screaming throwing things throwing rocks and bottles and firecrackers and anything they can get their hands on and and it was more i would say it was more like 75 to 80 protesters now smaller than the 600 from the other night but then you have the loud bikes plus people are joining them the people on the sidewalks other people just feel you're just free to go up and start yelling at the police i don't know where all this is going to lead but i'm telling you last night the good guys won and i want to commend once again boy it was great to see amidst everything that's been going on law enforcement three great agencies uh working together with the state rhode island state police providence police and cranston police folks this great weather for having work done continues remember our friends at J, J. perry paving residential commercial seal coating patios letter j j perry paving free estimate any project check out their work it's first class on the website it's letter j perrypaving.com they also have a good facebook page you can call them 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 perry paving do you have a cracked driveway learn about the benefits of asphalt whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed you can count on j perry paving affordable smooth safe to drive on and then uh, boy the snow melts right off a of blacktop j perry paving the original the best folks call them 401-732-1730 letter j j perry paving.com look for them on facebook same thing j letter j perry paving and then the phone number 401-732-1730 uh rhode island top attorney tim dodd coming up is going to join me folks a lot ahead plus the big debate tonight it's all ahead leave it right here on the john DePietro show Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega MEGA, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, serving rhode island and massachusetts it's mega truck and trailer repair call them today 508-336-2110 24-hour mobile service and also abs repairs brakes doors listen if it's on a trailer mega truck and trailer repair they can repair it call them today 508-336-2110 508-336-2110 it's mega truck and trailer repair have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. 
That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401 401- 272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go till 2, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, Petro.com. Time for our legal segment with me, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He is our uh, legal expert, Rhode Island attorney, Tim Dodd. And Tim, I want to start off. So today, later today, I got a um, received a email. The Gonzalez family is going to meet with Attorney General Peter Narona. And this was sent out by Jude Carrison of Carnes and Carrison, Providence and Middletown. Um, what, what, uh, what, what exactly is happening here? We're uh, Attorney General Peter Nerona, who, who was at the press briefing yesterday at the Providence Public Safety Complex, who was actually even there on Monday, but uh, making this very public meeting with the the family of Jamal Gonzalez. And then uh, the family is going to be available, I believe, after that meeting, very high profile with the press. Uh, what can you what is this, what, what exactly is happening here? I, I think it's just good public relations by Peter Nerona. Um on the side of the um, gentleman who got injured, uh, his dad seems to be taking a very measured approach here, you know, calling for um, protests, but calling for nonviolent protest. Obviously, his wishes were not followed by the protesters um, that, you know, 19 people got arrested, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But the dad seems to be attempting to take a ground of some, let's wait and see, let's not beget what might be an improper act with more improper acts. Um, so you're going to give the dad some credit. Peter Nerona has nothing to lose. It's a good PR for him to be, you know, um, respectful to the family, respectful for, to the dad and to go in with uh, the dad and the attorneys that the family has hired. Um, it's good PR for the law firm. Um, maybe they'll get some assurances that they'll be um, provided information as it becomes available, maybe faster than the general public. Um, maybe not. Uh, so far, there's no good video here showing exactly what happened. The open question is, did obviously did this police cruiser bump the uh, moped, causing it to lose control? 
Um, clearly, this um, cruiser, John, has other physical damages because the cruiser apparently hit a stop sign post yes. and knocked these stop sign down. Um, one doesn't know whether or not that stop sign or that pole had any involvement in what ultimately happened to Mr. Andrade, but um, whether or not the, the cruiser hit the moped might be obscured by other physical damages that um, um, were caused by the stop sign. Now, I presume that either through the state police or the Providence Police Department, they'll have hopefully an experienced accident reconstructionist looking at all of this and trying to ascertain what points of contact might have occurred. Um, the video that first appeared did make it appear that the cruiser in question really sped up as it was taking that right-hand turn following this moped. But whether the moped independently lost control or whether the moped was bumped by the cruiser um, is an unanswered question at this point. So for those who are saying we need justice for Jamal, that may or may not be the case. Um, and typically the first narrative that gets out there is the one that sticks. So right. whether or not down the line it's proven that uh, the cruiser didn't hit the moped, um, those protesting and those who have um, um, bought into or want to believe that there was uh, contact will never be shaken from that. And then the next narrative becomes there was a police cover-up. If the accident reconstructionists or, or the better video show up to show that the, the cruiser hit the moped, that's going to tell the tale. Now, that doesn't presume um, that the police hit this particular guy because of his sex, his age, his ethnicity, or anything else. If you look at the video, um, there were hundreds and hundreds of these mopeds passing uh, police cruisers, surrounding them, harassing them, intimidating them, almost goading them to give chase or to do something improper. They're videoing every second of this civil disobedience that they engage in, hoping for a moment I don't think this is the moment they were hoping for, but every one of these protests is being you know, captured on video in a very sophisticated way. And they're culling and culling and culling for anything they can find that's going to show anything that could be interpreted, interpreted as police misconduct. Um, it's, it's a very um, potent mix for um, inflammatory situations. But again, I think that uh, the victim's dad here is um, behaving appropriately. His messaging is appropriate. Um, you got to give him credit that he's not out there, you know, um, beating his chest, you know, demanding justice. I think he's willing to let the facts play out. And I, I think at the end of the day, John, I think there is going to be some police involvement. Sorry to say, but I think there is. Um, what, what do we know about this law firm, uh... Carnes and Carrison. Um, the Carnes, um, the the senior partner oh. in the Carnes firm, has been a lawyer. Was oh, that Bob Carnes? Yes, it's probably he's been a lawyer oh, for okay. probably over forty oh, yeah. years. 
a very do you remember he used to do the weekly segment with uh carolyn fox way back on hjj oh i didn't realize now it's yes Carnes and uh Karen, bob Carnes and his two daughters and i believe the okay. two daughter one or two of the daughter's husbands one of them is married to Carison. And um, that's the firm. So it's a very experienced personal injury firm. They know what they're doing. Um, They're not strangers to this type of situation. And um, that's who the family has chosen to represent them. I'm sure they'll do a good job. And um, getting this high profile meeting generates publicity for the firm, generates publicity for the family, and generates good publicity for the attorney general's office. It's attorney general. It's a win-win all the way around. Tim, uh, they're going to hold a press a briefing immediately uh, following their meeting with Attorney General Peter DeRota. Uh, if you were a member of the media and were there, what do you think would be a fair question to ask them? Did you learn anything new? What do you think okay. happened? Do you have a theory as to how this occurred? Um, yep. And certainly if the attorneys and the family are um, – playing it straight and not fanning the flames of discontent there. I guess the right answer is we're taking a wait and see approach. Um, We have reasonable suspicions about police involvement in this or perhaps improper conduct on the part of the officer operating the cruiser that seems to be an issue. Um, But we've got to wait and see. I think the video also captures after the, um, the moped driver lost control and got injured that one of the cops can be seen almost dragging him from the scene away, which seemed like a very inhumane way to treat a seriously injured person. So that's certainly generating negative publicity for the police department. Um, As we've said many times, every move everyone makes, you must presume that you're being captured on video and I'm sure the cop who was dra- dragging um, um, the victim away would like a do-over because uh, d- that didn't show the police department in the best light, unfortunately. That was one of the videos that really hit social media. Folks, by the way, those listing it is, I have it up on petro.com. Tim, of the two videos released yesterday, what do you make of the first one? See all these bikes going by, and then at the very end you see Jamal going by, it would seem that he, you know, kind of gives the finger, so to speak, to someone. And then all of a sudden the, the police car comes out and, and begins. That's the first time he enters the frame and then the police car enters the frame. We don't see the necessarily the crash in that because whoever was filming then pans left and they're inside their home, I believe. But w- what do you make of the fact that the police um, released that particular video? I think there's no way they can suppress any of these videos. They've got to get it out there. Um, It does seem that this cruiser was targeting Jamal because as all these mopeds were going straight, Jamal took a right and this one cruiser in a very high-speed right-hand turn followed Jamal onto the side street. It appears that the cruiser was going fast enough that he could have lost control. Maybe he, you know, was ticked off and wanted to intimidate the moped operator. Maybe the officer lost control and maybe the officer was completely under control and never hit the hit the guy. We don't know yet, but it's it's just a very distressing situation because 
police are under such siege, as we've all seen, that it's it's like poking a bear. So these protesters poked the bear. Usually the bear would swat back at them and they would stop poking. But now they can continue to poke and prod and poke and prod. And they say, hey, we're not going to get a reaction from the bear here. So we're going to get more and more aggressive in our challenge to authority. And this hundreds of mopeds um, going down the street, um, zigging and zagging between police vehicles, taunting the cops, giving the cops the finger, you know, looking for a challenge, looking for a confrontation. Um, the cops are really in an untenable position because these protesters have been allowed um, to become more and more aggressive, throwing rocks at cops, shooting fireworks at cops. And it seems to me from the top down, the mayor's office should be far more aggressive in allowing law enforcement to enforce the laws. And that's simply not happening right now. So I think we're going to start to see more and more of this. It's exactly what happened in Seattle. It's exactly what's happened in Portland and other municipalities where if there's no pushback from law enforcement and if there's no pushback from the mayor or the city council or anyone else in authority, um, the protesters are more and more emboldened to do more and more um, uh, violent things. It's just not a good trajectory that you see happening right now. And I presume the mayor is going to do something at some point, but so far, nothing. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, last night, very dramatic. I was on Elmwood Avenue in a section of uh, Park Avenue, Elmwood Avenue, Cranston Police. That and a lot more with attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, protests continued last night. And this was interesting. They started in Providence. Then they start going to what is now the crash site. So they're going there. And they, it's not just protesters. It started around 40. Then it grew to about 60. They pick up people sometimes as they walk along. They're just like start to join them in. Then you have some of the bikes. This was interesting. As they are coming up Elmwood Avenue towards Park Avenue, Cranston police set up all their cars and block Elmwood Avenue. Basically, like 
there was a wall of police cars and police and saying that you're not coming into Cranston. Some of the protests initially, you know, this is a public street. I have a right. What, what do you what do you make of that last night? Because I, as someone that has followed this, now this is the first time it's kind of veered out of Providence. But Cranston police set up a wall. You're you're not coming, and they stopped them. They did not go into Cranston. Well, these protesters are um, not all of them, but these events have led to uh, arrests for criminal conduct. Um, it was a large number of people. Uh, there were lots of these mopeds. It was going to be a very difficult situation to control. Um, I'm sure that under the emergency powers that police departments are typically granted, um, the chief in Cranston, Chief Winquist, I'm sure, said, you know, it's not going to happen in my city and wow. set up this wall. Um, will there be any potential claims of civil rights violations? I, I don't think so. Um, I think that Cranston knew this was coming and they were proactive and one doesn't know yet if the mayor sanctioned what the police department did, but um, it worked. And I think it sends out a message that so far Providence has been unable to send. Um, the cops in Providence are somewhat handcuffed and handcuffed in how they can react to these situations. They're doing the best they can under the circumstances. Oh yeah. So I, I think Cranston did the right thing. And I think that they would not do this unless they consider that they had the emergency power um, to quell a potential riot situation. Now, see, that's interesting. Now, and, and in, in high, as much as the protesters initially were like, Hey, this is a public road. I have a right to there. And they were not, bending but tim going back to the providence situation instead of allowing the protesters to come right up to the public safety complex i i think i realized they they could right at uh you know dean street and westminster i i guess they could set up a barrier like no this road is closed you're not coming down here they could um yeah they don't seem to well and you know that ratchets up the anger it inflames the situation um yeah and, you know, the conduct of the police department comes in part, in large part, from the direction of the administration. And sure. I, I think the cops are on their own right now. Yeah. Now, I want to um, come back to, as you know, there's the press conference yesterday, but then there's a lot of discussion with different police uh, conversations that I end up having with members of law enforcement. The police are saying that that the cruiser this is not official i'm not saying this is at the top police officers i'm talking to their opinion is he did not hit him the on sunday night after this happened and folks again we're talking about the jamal gonzalez and this was sunday night in the providence police cruiser and from the back they're saying it's almost like in a football game where you can't tell on the angle the protesters black lives matter they're all saying Miles going along, and this Providence police cruiser comes up and rams him from behind and literally rams him into the wall. Now, the video they showed yesterday, and for those that want to see it, I did break it out on the website, depetro.com, frame by frame. Tim, they're saying, th this is what they're saying that, that I've been told. And again, I'm not saying at the top. I don't want people to misunderstand from the spokesperson or anything like that, but that... 
something that that was important him dot in that video they did release that no one had mentioned is this you don't see it from the back video that was released that everyone when you saw the the other video where then it pans away and then all of a sudden you hear the screeching of the crash there's a red car parked on that side on that street and there's nothing wrong with the red car parked on the street now if if jamal was trying to take the corner and you can't see it from necessarily uh, the street view because then there was also a police car pulling out. He was then in a position, you see it on the video on the website that they released yesterday, where he's either it's seemingly going to do. He has a couple options. One is he would crash directly into this red car parked legally on the street on Bissell Street. Two is he could try to swerve around it going onto the sidewalk. It looks like he's too far and he can't totally cut it to avoid the car so his only option is the sidewalk the video yesterday the cruiser is still behind him what i have been told is they're saying is the police cruiser hit the stop sign he hits the wall the cruiser hits the stop sign he does lose control of the vehicle the providence police officer and the stop sign like a domino boom it's the stop sign that hit him in the head and that's what caused such a severe injury. And I think any good accident reconstructionist would be able to determine. I've heard this same theory. Okay. Um, so have. if the stop sign or the sign post uh, were to have struck Jamal, um, did it hit him in the head? Did it hit him like on the shoulder, which caused him to lose control? I mean, we just don't know. It's going to be a forensic investigation. What, what I don't really understand is as all these other mopeds were going straight, Jamal decided to take this hard right. And again, I think yeah. he, he was committed at a high rate of speed. And you're right. Maybe he had a choice of hitting the sidewalk or hitting the car. But it's also questionable why the cop at a high rate of speed um, clearly going so fast that he couldn't control the cruiser why was he right. giving chase? What was unique about yeah. this guy that he felt he needed to take a real hard right at a high rate of speed to continue chasing him? Um, that doesn't mean he hit him. That doesn't mean he had bad intent. I'm sure at some point right. with an internal affairs investigation, the officer operating that cruiser is going to have to state his cases, what he was doing and why. Um, yeah. and there is who knows if there's more video from folks out there in the neighborhood or from surveillance or security cameras. There's also going to be, I'm sure some video from um, the officers with their body cams. Um, who knows if that will by chance happen to catch the actual event of this moped losing control and what caused it to lose control. That's, that's a shot in the dark. Who knows if we're going to have anything on the body cams, but that's, I think, the next area that the police will be combing through very carefully. Now, Tim Dodd, I mean, at some point, it's, you know, we're going to exhaust that. Then they're, they're going to hit the limit where there's, there is no more video. Um, but do you, do you believe, and again, we'll have to go back and see, but based on what we've seen to this point, are you observing that there was police error? I, I, I think that the decision to take that hard right to chase a moped. Um, yeah. You know, this was, 
Well, he came out. He came out and went left on Elmwood, and then it was the right, and yes. he was going to take that corner. But yeah, if there was, okay. if a police vehicle is in hot pursuit, it's called hot pursuit, where you're engaged yeah. in a high speed chase because someone just robbed a bank, or someone might have have a kidnapped kid in the car, or whatever, and there's a recent felony that's occurred. Uh, police can um, engage in hot pursuit at high speeds. I don't know what crime or what need there was, if this cop can articulate what criminal conduct Jamal might have been engaged in, which would have authorized this high-speed chase. If the cop was just ticked off because he had been flipped off and said, oh, really? I'll show you. Um, yeah. then that would be reckless conduct on the officer's part. That could result in a charge yeah. of driving to endanger personal injuries resulting. Um, you don't know. Um, I don't think there's going to be charges brought against this officer anytime soon. You know, if there's no conclusive video, you know, I can see this getting referred to a grand jury to let the grand jurors come out with a conclusion. And of course, if there's um, no true bill, um, that will just further infuriate um, the protesters as it has with other situations where cops have not been indicted by grand juries. Um, the, those who are, are um, protesting just will not accept any other conclusion, no matter what the facts are, than what they think should be the case, which is kind of unfortunate. Folks, again, another quick break. Back a lot more. Our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly or maybe you have problems with it? I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Easy to remember, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. I've used Ryan on several occasions, whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator, or your stove, or oven, or microwave, any appliance. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401-710-7096. I was having a problem with our, our clothes dryer. What would happen? It wouldn't turn on. No way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. He fixed that in about five minutes. Then the oven wouldn't heat up. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He fixed, the, he fixed the, the oven in about five minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available. Come on, call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I do want to touch on all of the arrests and the people. Uh, unless I'm missing something, a lot of these these disorderly conducts, uh, resisting arrest and so forth, I, either we don't have tough, I don't know if anywhere in the country has tough protesting laws, or but it, it all just seems to be, as much as people were locked up and they're all complaining of how they were treated by the police, but it it, it sounds like just, like a bunch of misdemeanors. It is, John. Um, the 19 were all charged with one or more of the following, obstruction of justice, resisting arrest, disorderly conduct, and assault. Um, it does not appear, based upon what I've seen, that anyone was charged with assaulting a police officer, which is typically, even as a misdemeanor, 
uh, taken more seriously by courts and prosecutors because, you know, if you assault your neighbor, um, okay. If you assault a police officer, um, it's usually looked at more carefully and disposed of with um, a disposition, which is, you know, for, for a misdemeanor somewhat more harshly. Um, if there's video of these protesters throwing rocks at police officers or shooting fireworks at police officers, it would be interesting if the charges started to be um, felony assault charges to try to up the ante. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, one of the, one of the police got hit yes. with a bottle last night that it smashed through his car window. So that that's that a, felony. a felony. Shooting fireworks would be, a, yeah. I think, a felony. And yes. if they oh, wow. started to charge these folks with more serious crimes, with more serious consequences, that might have some effect on um, uh, modulating the conduct of some of these people. Right now, they, they feel that there's no consequence to these actions, that either things will get right. dismissed or they'll get a slap on the wrist. And that, you know, law enforcement and the court system isn't really doing much to punish. So they figure, hey, who cares? I'm just going to get a slap on the wrist. Right. Yeah. And they have a bail fund set up. And so they go in and out. Uh, folks, I assume that our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, I want to touch on uh, two other stories. One is the um, Hells Angels case. And, and it is amazing how far this went up. But. The leader of the, of the so-called leader of the Rhode Island Hells Angels, he wanted the judge with his case removed, and it, it sounds like that's yes, not Yes, before we touch that, John, it's one more thing with the protesters. If you notice, at least, I think at least two of them, uh, after their arrest, instead of being taken to the station for processing, were taken to the hospital because they were claiming, maybe it's true, but it's coincidental, uh, that they were having seizures and demanded to be taken to the hospital. Um it will be interesting to see if more of these um, arrests in future events result in people claiming um, illnesses or injuries requiring hospitalization, which this further jams up the system and makes things more chaotic. Maybe they were legitimate, but it's curious that in one event, two people claimed some sort of seizures, um, allegedly because of um, treatment they receive from the police officers. So that might be the new card that starts to get played. But going to the Hells Angels. Okay. It, um, and, and I just want to interject. They, they ended up, so then there were protests yes. at the hospital. Um, and that's a good point where suddenly now two of them are like, he was having a seizure because the police were roughing up so much. So do they just say, hey, I'm having a seizure? Yeah, you and if they do, I don't hospital? think the cops are in a position to say, no, you're not. You're full of BS, because right. then if they oh, are wow. having a legitimate huh. seizure and the cops say, no, you're not, I'm taking you in anyways, yeah. then there'll be a lawsuit. And, uh -oh. you know, we don't get okay. a lot of news through the mainstream media about what's happening in other cities around the country having these problems. I'd Good be curious point. to know if in yeah. Portland or if in Seattle or elsewhere are other folks claiming seizures and, you know, creating the same situation? Is this that part of the new playbook sure. that they're running? I don't know, because we don't get a lot yeah. of news. It's um, very selective news Good that point. is um, made available nationally. Yeah, that's right. Now on yes, to our um, Judge part. Rogers is a really fine Superior Court judge. She has got this Hell's Angels case. 
and the defendants have made two runs at getting her to recuse um, because uh, the judge happens to be married to a retired state trooper who is now the police chief, I believe, in Little Compton. But when the judge's husband was a trooper, he was involved in investigating these types of activities. But there's no nexus that the judge has um, some personal um, opinion or that any personal opinion she might have um, was influenced by anything she learned from her husband, either when he was a trooper or since he's been a retired trooper. So the Supreme Court got the second time that defense counsel moved for the judge to recuse and the Supremes in a very um, blunt, short decision um, rejected defense counsel's motion and concluded that there was nothing prejudicial in the judge's background, nothing prejudicial in her conduct from the bench that would necessitate her recusing herself. So the motion to recuse um, when the judge denied that, that denial was um, affirmed by the Supreme Court. So she's got the case. Um, as far as it now being a potential um, appellate issue, uh, it could come back again if this goes to trial and the defendants have um, um, questions or objections to the judge's rulings on evidence that comes in or evidence that stays out. It could precipitate part of another challenge on appeal if if the defendants are ultimately convicted. Um, it's unusual to see such a um, in-your-face attempt to get a judge to recuse, um, but it didn't yeah. work. Uh, the defense made a very gutsy move to attempt this. I didn't think they would be successful, and now they got to live with the consequences. They've challenged the judge, and their challenge was yep. not successful. That's a way of life. And also, our final story, this is kind of a blast for the past, but um, Steve Sakoshia, just like everyone else, Tim Dodd, he's hearing about people getting compassionate relief uh, uh, from, from prison because of COVID, but it sounds like that's not going to work for him. And it, Tim Dodd, it's, it's amazing how much time he still has to Yes, has I mean, to for, for many of your listeners, uh, we remember the Steve Sakoshia incident Um he was yeah. laundering money for um, Colombian drug cartels through his gold, uh, gold coin shop in Cranston. Um, he was something of a local legend. He was a whiz kid who made a lot of money as a young man and unfortunately veered into the money laundering business and went to trial in front of Judge Torres in the federal court was convicted on all counts and sentenced to the maximum, which was available at the time, which was 660 years in prison. Now, that's, that's a life sentence, and then some, obviously. And Folks, again, we're um, speaking with attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil, make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 
521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200. This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. Folks, again, we're with attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, um, talking about Stephen Sicoccio, I I don't remember... um, I, I was actually, well, anyhow, he was known as a whiz kid. Was, was there a book about him? Because someone had told me he was actually, their story was kind of the motivation. But there's a, a program on Netflix called Ozarks. And it's about a guy who's this, he's incredible with numbers. And he launders money for the uh, drug cartels. I mean, he was ahead of his time. That was the Colombian drug cartels that he was money uh, laundering for. Yes. And he was a whiz kid. When I was a teenager, I yeah. knew, he was a few years older than me and he was like the star of the neighborhood because he wow. was successful. He was a millionaire before he was 20. Uh, he was very sophisticated in buying and selling uh, rare coins and gold coins. And then he got caught up with the cartels and started laundering money. But his attempt to get a compassionate release, Judge Lisi slammed the door on him, <laughs> slammed it hard. Um, criticized his while in prison that does include bribing prison guards for tobacco. He's had bottles of wine in his cell. Wow. Um, He's abused phone privileges. So he hasn't been a model inmate. And the judge indicated that he did not articulate a particular risk he was exposed to. He's got high blood pressure and high cholesterol. His counsel said that the federal penitentiary he's in has a lot of COVID cases and it's a danger. But I think the judge really looked at his criminal conduct, his lack of remorse and said, no, you're not an appropriate candidate for this. Um, And she said, we will only do it under quote, extraordinary and compelling circumstances. And she doesn't think that Steve um, rang the bell for extraordinary and compelling uh, circumstances. By him losing this bid to get out during COVID, this was his best chance for an early release. Barring this, um, I don't think he's going to be granted clemency by the Trump administration or any future president. So um, it's going to be a very demoralizing thing that he's stuck for him to be stuck in prison while many, many inmates around the country are getting sprung. People who have committed murders and other serious crimes are getting out because of COVID and he's stuck. Tim, what was his heyday, Stephen Sikosio? Because I, I do remember when the arrest happened, and that that used to be the place that I thought would people go there to get rings, like if you were going to get engaged and get married. Not, not so much. It no? was um, oh. it was Cranston Coin Shop, which oh, was okay. on uh, Cranston Street. Uh, excuse me, it was 
right next to the Knights of Columbus, if you will, right on um, uh, Park Avenue. Yeah. And during the 80s, he was a whiz kid. He was mm. a brilliant guy. He was a really smart guy, good with numbers, bought and sold r- rare coins. That's how he got his start. He just mm. knew values and he would go to the shows and he was like this kid in the corner that everyone would flock to because he was such a remarkable student of buying and selling coins. He made, I think he was a millionaire before he was 20 when a million really meant something. And, you know, then he got too big for his britches and he started doing more of the gold buying and selling as opposed to the coins. And then the gold led to folks laundering money because it's a great way to launder money. And then he got involved with the cartels and, if you recall, he had an international system where money would get wired from here to Switzerland and from Switzerland, it would go to Canada and would go to Brazil and then it would come back again. And he thought he was being very clever, but the wow. feds tracked each and every one of those transactions. And um, they, Steve used to go to Switzerland often because that's where he was stashing all of his cash. And, you know, the whole thing blew up. It was yeah. really... a. a a tragic story of, you know, a real bright guy who could have made millions playing it straight, who, you know, went over to the dark side and for a little while made a ton of money and then he lost mm-hmm. it all. Folks, he is our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, excellent job. Uh, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401 431 2300 MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies? You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound Like your company, maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.